0: back to the Strictly Conversational Podcast, where we have strict and serious conversations only. I'm your host, Noah DeGeorge, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Bailey Hunt. Bailey, how are you today? Oh, I'm really good, Noah. I'm doing so, so good. I can't wait to do this podcast with you. Noah? What's up? What's, what's going on, bud? I was just getting started on the podcast and was waiting for you to come in here so that we could start and i
1: didn't start without you do you realize that identity theft is a crime i swear i didn't start without you and what's this sock puppet you have of me have you it's always not this? it's not i was just
0: for the bit i know they can't see it but it was for my own oh i'm not just talking to myself what a
1: weirdo i'm oddly flattered you should be noah <laughs> how are you bailey <laughs> I'm doing really good, Noah. That's except great. I just had my identity thieved from me it's right okay. from under my 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 midst. Um, I'm I'm doing all right, Noah. That's good. How uh, are
0: you done? I'm doing really good. Really quickly, listeners. I'm sure you noticed that our intro was a little bit different. Yep. Than it normally
1: is. Had a little bit of a more indie pop flair to had it. Some funk
0: to it. That's for sure. So,
1: Noah. Who did our intro today? Well, actually, I did our intro today. Noah did George and his wonderful band, Stranger James, did our our, our intro for us today, and it yeah. sounds it sounds
0: rocking. It sounds rocking. Yeah. So, listeners, uh, my band, Stranger James, just released our first single, our debut single. It's out today. It's out right now. You can go listen right now. to it on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Google Play is not a thing anymore, but that's okay. Uh, Xbox Music. You can listen to it wherever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the single is called Peppermint. We hope you like it. Share it on whatever. Uh, actually, I was wondering if I could play like just the smallest clip, Bailey, if that's okay with you. That would be
1: wonderful. I'd love that more than anything really? in the world. Okay, yeah, of course. Really, really
0: quick clip. Ready? Yep.
1: All right. That's it. Ah, that's the clip. That was the best one second of my whole life there you go that's all you get if you'd like to listen to the rest of it you can uh check it out on Spotify. so again that's stranger james on spotify um not to be that guy but i actually heard this single back in june or may of this year and um i've been loving how it's developed into the song that it is now because it's in its best form and these guys are so talented thank you shout out jake shout out silas shout out noah of course Um, just, I cannot wait for this to take off. So please listeners, give that song a listen and have that brighten your Friday. Yeah. So speaking of brightening your Friday, we're going to have a nice light conversation about the idea of catharsis. Noah. Yes. What if you had to throw a shot in the dark, do not look at the document where I define it, but I'm covering my eyes. Yeah. (laughs) We put a blindfold over him. Um, No peeking. Noah, what is catharsis? To me, Carson, me, (laughs) shout out. Call me Carson on YouTube uh, (laughs) to me.
0: Catharsis is, um, it's a release. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a release with, with kind of a catalyst. I think that that's like, like, you don't just do, you don't just do catharsis on your own. It's not just venting. It's not just, uh, expelling, you know, something bottled up. There's a, there's a catalyst with which. Um, I mean, am I, am I close?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do um, I get the points? Yeah. Catharsis is not just like a, an internal or external process you have within yourself. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and take you on a little bit of a history lesson. Of uh, so I'm a theater education major, um, here at, you know, university. And one of the key ideas in theater, just all, all over the time that we've done theater. So since the Greeks there has been this idea of catharsis and, Catharsis is essentially, or at least was in the Greek context, meant to heal wounds, heal uh, mental and emotional wounds. So someone by the name of Sophocles, um, uh, author of Oedipus Rex and uh, Oedipus the Colonist and uh, Antigone, um, he wrote these plays uh, that are very, very uh, deep and detailed about torture human beings. And the purpose of writing those stories was so that people in a Greek context that was a very emotionally repressed context could see themselves on stage and have some sort of release. So when they were watching these pieces, they would have violent reactions in the stands. It would Mm -hmm. be like uh, something akin to what People thought when they first saw Psycho in cinemas, people were oh, standing yeah. up and screaming and like, "Oh my gosh, what is this? this is have, violence?" Have and... you seen the
0: PSAs for
1: movies like that back then? Yeah, there's one that I it's that I
0: found that's like a, the director is like making a statement that's like, if you begin screaming or shaking,
1: yeah, let it out. Yeah, and and I think that kind of digs into why we we we, we invite catharsis, and it's this idea of releasing something that you identify on stage uh, that has been repressed with, within you. So if you notice something that you uh, that is moving you, that is happening on stage or on film or in a song or in a podcast or in a radio play or any other medium, a television show, um, you are welcome to express yourself because the purpose of catharsis is to help you release something from inside of you. In fact, the definition of catharsis is the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and different <clears throat> cases back in, in Greek times, uh, other authors, um, i forgetting now the author of Ajax, but uh, would write stories for veterans coming back from the Pel- Peloponnesian War, uh, who were ex- essentially experiencing PTSD, right. but we, they didn't have a name for it back then. Um, and uh, they would see themselves um, in these plays, and they would have visceral reactions because they were shoving down their emotions, as was customary at the time, because it was all about stature. Right. Um, and when they were forced to confront their humanity on, on stage, uh, they had really, really visceral reactions to them. And and that, to me, and no, I, I don't know if you disagree or agree, but that's no different from the things that we we consume daily yeah. or um even you know in, in different doses well, the even, television shows we watch and yeah, movies we watch Even now when
0: and... when uh emotional repression mm-hmm. isn't the norm. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of interesting to think about uh movies that we watch and shows that we watch and books that we read and yeah. music that we make or music that we listen to as uh cathartic things when it's it's okay to to cry. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's becoming a, a larger part of normal culture right now is, you know, like, don't, don't hide those things you know,
1: let your freak flag fly. fly. (laughs) That's a,
0: that's a tongue twister vibe. Let your
1: freak flag fly. Um, absolutely. Um, and piggybacking off of that, Noah, we are, we're motivated by our experiences and what motivates us is what moves us essentially so why we keep watching the things that we do um, is because we're moved by them and we experience release and we have a dopamine rush because we're identifying ourselves in these characters or in lines of dialogue or something like that excuse me but uh yeah, I, I'm so interested in this topic because it's been formative throughout my theater education and also uh, makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, especially like when I'm looking down at this document, our, our, our ideas for the episode. Yeah, I'm skipping ahead right now and I, I'm just letting everybody know. I mean, one of us is going to be crying. Yeah. And it won't be you,
0: listener. I, I
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Last night we were we were we were going to bed, and I was like, "No, I can't wait to tape the episode and cry with you," because <laughs> a lot of the things that we'll be discussing, uh, not only the things that we consume in terms of media and uh, film, TV, music, etc., but the the stuff that we we produce. Um, we are both artists in our right. own way, um, and we make art that is reflective of the things that we need to release um there is an urgency in catharsis because we have to release it and i don't know it, it can only be can only occur through artistic exchange through yeah. some sort of expression so um before we discuss this any further um let's move into the first category that we have right. discussed probably the, the most um daunting of the three and the most intense. Uh, we're going to talk about film for a second um, and the films that we have found um, exceptionally cathartic mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking at my list right now Noah and I um, the first two uh, are uh, similar movies in the runway uh, Midsommar and, and Marriage Story both 2019 releases and my top two favorite movies of 2019 nice, nice. I don't know what that says about me. They're in my top 10 yeah, yeah, Yeah. right. Um, so that's not crazy, but... Right, but I mean, Noah can attest to this. When we, we watched Marriage Story together, uh, there was a time in the film uh, that I was doubled over. I was literally weeping openly because uh, it occurs during the, the fight scene, which has been now memed and spoofed right. and so on and so forth, but for me, has not lost its effectiveness. Absolutely there not. Are After things, five watches, are you kidding me? There are things that are said in that scene that I found... Deeply, deeply disturbing and moving and, and, and actually cathartic. Um, yeah. yeah. No, if you want to discuss
0: no, I, that I, movie as a whole, I and wanted move to, that scene. I did know. want to bring up that, that movie in particular because um, it was on my most recent watch of that movie um, where I watched it with a friend of mine uh, who his parents are finalizing their divorce.
1: That's tough. At, as we speak. That's really tough.
0: Um, and he, he had said, Essentially though, like, you know, I know everyone's talking about this movie. I know everyone's raving over it I know that I want to watch it. I can't watch it by myself. Yeah, and and obviously I mean me one loving that movie But loving you know movies in general and loving him. Yeah, you know I was like I want to I want to go through this with you. I want to watch this with you I want to feel what you're feeling and I mean Wow was it heavy mm. um, Yeah Uh, and that's something that I think is really interesting in terms of, um, catharsis is catharsis is not just, um, like, let me, let me tell you what I'm feeling, uh, and, you know, pushing that back and then saying, well, instead of, instead of saying it, let me, let me see it for myself and see somebody else tell me, you know, that they know what I'm feeling, you know, and, and not just that, but sharing that with somebody yeah. and saying, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. You know that I'm feeling what you're feeling.
1: A key part of this catharsis this exchange um, is that you, you just talked about it. You literally just mentioned it. It's the idea of identification. Um, when we see ourselves on screen, uh, it is overtaking for us. It's an incredibly powerful experience, but also uh, a very scary experience. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons that my story resonates with me um, and thank you so much for sharing. No, that's an incredibly powerful story because group catharsis is um, in its own way, more moving yeah. than individual catharsis. Yeah. Part of the reason that it affected me so much is because um, the character of Charlie is from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a theater director. <laughs> um, he wants to move to a big city. He wants to move to a big city. Um, he's an incredibly emotional person. Um, And he's experiencing a breakup of sorts. And he eats food like he's trying to get it over with. Yeah, which if there are five things that... If that isn't Bailey If that wasn't Bailey Hunt in 2019, I don't know what was. Uh, Like I said, I experienced a a pretty intense um, breakup of sorts in 2019 that was um, not without merit and not without reason. Uh, It wasn't a good wasn't a good relationship for both of us. I hold no ill will against that person. We're friends. But it was a very difficult experience um, for sure. And it was the hardest heartbreak, uh, save for family member losses, that I'd experienced to that point. Um, and seeing myself represented on screen and things that I, I would have said to the person in, in given situations was so, so hard. Like mm-hmm. it, it was um, almost – I wanted to – turn. it was one, one of the things I wanted to turn it off um, because it was – it was really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, and I'm so thankful that my parents love each other so much. Um, and I've never had to experience divorce because it seems, uh, hard. Like it seems, uh, yeah. incredibly traumatizing. Um, and I wouldn't wish that up on anybody. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> we're just really throwing you guys in the deep end of the game of this episode, but um, that's kind of a hint to what we've been talking about. Now, on the other side of things, yeah. uh, Um <laughs> also a breakup movie of sorts. On the way other side. On the way of other side, a breakup movie of sorts. Um, I would say it's on the same coin, but the other side. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it's catharsis um, in a way... In a purging way, instead yeah. of like a dwelling way. Yeah. Uh, a marriage story is like we're gonna feel this, we're gonna process it, and we're going to. It's uh, gonna sit with you. Yeah, we're gonna sit with it. And Midsummer is burning and uh, letting the ashes fly in the air and just kind of like not even celebrating, but celebrating it's, your own. it's their celebration. It's a celebration of your own freedom in a way, uh, which is as I've listened to Ari Aster talk about the film, that was his purpose. He went through a breakup, right. and he's I think like, I think it's a celebration
0: yeah. of. It's the celebration of making it through the, the grieving process. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. And and in a way, moving from one family to another mm-hmm. and finding your own independence. Now, uh, no, no, no. Listen to me, <laughs> listener. I do not advocate for joining a Swedish murder cult. Um. And uh, spoiler alert: uh, burning your boyfriend alive. I, I don't. I don't support that whatsoever. But if you can mine anything from that film that is constructive, it is the fact that you are powerful and you are good enough to do it on your own. Uh, yeah. Granted, you need people beside you that are going to lift you up, mm-hmm. um, but you can do it. Even if, even in those moments where it seems so hard and you're paralyzed by grief, there is something there uh, that, that 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 can help you. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I will say, I will add to this. Yeah. Please step in because um, I feel like I just put my whole foot no, in my mouth. I, um, <laughs> then, the that, first time that I that tangent. I saw
0: midsummer yep uh i saw it with my girlfriend midsummer whatever you want to call yeah, it, it. midsummer yeah i saw it with my girlfriend that's why i like you guy my girlfriend her entire family both sides are swedish they're 100 swedish
1: scary very <laughs> <Man, we> scary <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny yeah, yeah. oh yeah Right. I love her family. I'm right, that. right, exactly. You know, you love her family. It's which less is about
0: it's less about the Swedes. It's more about the uh, the murder, the murder, and the drugs. Yeah,
1: you know, as it always is. Right, in its own way. Um. So next film on our list, uh, on the same token. <laughs> I have I have some stuff I want to say about this, but go ahead and go. Do, do you oh about uh, the, the next yes, one? Yes. Um, Eternal sunshine. S- Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Starring Jim Carrey. And Starring Kate Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Written by Charlie Kaufman. Directed by. Uh, yeah, that guy. Shell Gondry, I think. Um, incredibly powerful film. I think we talked about it in the last episode a little bit. I did. But uh, Noah, if you yeah. would like to talk to us about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, a movie that we both love yeah i mean love to hear from yeah you.
0: um i like there's something about um the representation that eternal sunshine kind of shows us and i i hope that i'm not i don't want to spoil anything about the movie uh, so i'm not i'm going to try to stay away from that i'm just going to give the basic idea in yep. saying um the movie essentially deals with a literal way of saying that you wish you could forget Uh, everything about one person Mm -hmm. um, because something hurts so
1: bad completely erased from your Um, mind literally erased
0: from your memory now and and that's the world that the characters live in is there's you know the medical procedure where you can have someone erased from your memory Mm -hmm. um, but representing not not just saying like oh here's the world that they live in but using that idea and representing what it looks like to walk through your memories and walk through your mind and take a trip through all of those things that stick out and just reliving all the stuff that you know you want washed away. Yeah. And then seeing that one thing that's like, <laughs> at least let me keep this.
1: Yeah. Um, that moment is insanely powerful because it's so easy, I think. Uh, it's the cowardly route. And I, I don't, I don't blame Jim Carrey's character at all for doing this. And if you would do this yourself, listener, I think there are times that I would have done it as well. Um, but the power of that scene, let me just keep this moment. Yeah. Oh boy. You know, (laughs) I just think that speaks volumes. Um, because there are merit, there's merit in a relationship, even if it's over, um, there's things that you can still keep, you know, those good moments are not gone. Uh, Mm -hmm. just use them as learning experiences. Sorry. That was no, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of, um, I mean, you know, the, the
0: place that I was in Coming in as a freshman, I
1: do know the place that you are in coming um, in as a freshman. We'll and, talk about more of that later. I'm I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Um. And that was, I mean, that was how I felt. Yeah. Was, um, I was in a new place. Uh, I was in a strange place. I came into Iwo not knowing a single soul. Um, new place, new people, uh, and I had been counting on one person to be, you know, the anchor. And that was all just kind of stripped away.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I just wanted to forget about it and move on. Yeah. And I mean, if there's anything to learn from eternal sunshine, it's, you know, there are things that realistically you'd hate to forget. Yeah. You'd absolutely hate to forget
1: those things. Right. Um. Classic class- concerts you wouldn't have seen. Or... Right. Right. Yeah. No concerts. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't have seen. And, and uh, you know, clothes I wouldn't have owned. Right. Or, or, you know just those kind of things you yeah. know um the the last thing i wanted to say about that one was um i thought of something interesting when we were watching that movie kind of the idea of empathy and catharsis and you know movies being as empathetic as they are cathartic right mm-hmm. and there there's a, a root there the, the catharsis has a root in empathy mm-hmm. right the that feeling of being in someone else's shoes right um but I thought what was interesting is there's like two like effective ways to do empathy. You know, it's, there's, there's a level of empathy, but then there's a deeper one. I think that the, the top layer, the more superficial empathy is being able to say, I know what that person is going through in this film. You're watching,
1: met someone that is experiencing something similar. So you're like disassociating enough to like, kind of be far away yeah. from the character and not like right there. Right now, yeah, totally. Agree. And we what I have... was,
0: what I was thinking about how Eternal sunshine does it, a deeper level yeah. is not saying, Oh, I, I can, I can know what that character is experiencing. The deeper level is completely removing yourself out of the equation and saying
1: that character knows what I'm going through and yep. it's, and it hurts yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. And that's a big part of catharsis. It's like, uh, When you know we have we experienced a lot, Noah and I. Uh, The other evening, I was just talking to the ceiling. Yeah, I was processing and talking to the ceiling, and uh, and all I needed was Noah to say, "I get it," Uh, Mm and I felt that with you. And it's, it's powerful when someone you don't know and you see on screen is literally saying back to you, I get how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, it's, it's a very intimate and strange moment that you share with a, a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, I mean, we'll talk about this more later. I mean, people feel that way about music. People, uh,
0: people feel that way about music yeah. more than most things in the sense that, you know, I think people will say it as a joke. But the artist that we're going to talk about, you know people will say they wrote this song for me yeah you know yeah they, they wrote that for me absolutely yeah and and people say
1: it as a joke but is it a joke you know like right. it, it, it is and it isn't it doesn't at the have same time it doesn't have to be a joke if you feel that way own it you know you're yeah. allowed to experience that freedom of feeling like something is for you mm-hmm. um because in a way it was it was ordained I mean we believe that God is in everything and there's a reason that you found that artist at that time is because it was ordained long ago that they would write a song that would speak to you individually. And I'm, I feel very strongly about this. Um, yeah. and we'll talk about that when we get into music more. Um, I'm looking at our list and I'm like, I think that, I think that we're going to concentrate on some other things than what we have written down just because of how our conversation no, is right. going, which I think is great and wonderful. And I'm really loving this. Um, we're going to wrap up movies. Um, y- you want to talk about the one, the one that you mentioned to me, which one, yeah. that uh, one or that one, <laughs> Uh, i'm gonna go ahead and talk about goodwill hunting just for a second go for it um good Will hunting is my favorite movie of all time um for a lot of different reasons i think the performances are great i think the script is perfect and i think um robin williams is robin williams uh and that's all that needs to be said but there's a scene in the movie where um robin williams talks to matt damon and he says it's not your fault essentially in the context of all the pain that you've experienced you don't You don't need to feel bad for that. You don't need to feel like you're at fault for that um, because it's, it's what's happened to you. It's not, you're not causing it yourself. Um, And I'm a person that tends to blame themselves a lot for things. Um, I blame myself for things that occur to me um not in the same sense as will hunting i mean that's not even close but um i blame myself for for hardship because I, it has to be my fault um and to just be told it's not your fault is, is an immensely powerful experience and moves me to this day um because if you're experiencing something may it be a hard relationship or um a breakup or you didn't get to go on a date you really wanted to uh it's not on you like yeah. it's nothing that you did that was wrong. Um, I just, I, I feel like I need to say that because for a long time, I, I didn't believe that. And I, I still at points don't, but I don't know. Um, yeah. That mo- that moment is really moving to me and the whole movie really is, but um, I find that to be the most moving aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's just a brief about Good Will Hunting. I'll, I'll briefly
0: go into one more. Yeah. Uh, Swiss army man. I was good. I was wondering if that's the one you were going to talk about. I I won't talk about the other one right now. Yeah. Um, Swiss Army Man is one of, if not my most favorite movie of all time.
1: Uh, Listeners, we have uh, a framed picture. Um, alternate poster of Swiss Army yeah. Man in our recording space, which is our closet at school. But <laughs> but we have some decoration in here. Just some Canada Dry. Right on my leg air. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you, Garrett McDowell, for getting yeah. that for me as a birthday present. Friend of the show,
1: friend of ours.
0: Um, we love that guy. Yeah. Um, so, Swiss Army Man, uh, this is going to be lost on a lot of people because yes. I know that most people haven't seen this movie. You really should check it out.
1: It's available on Amazon. It's a movie about Catharsis. Uh, no, it's
0: available on Netflix, I think.
1: Is it? I think it's. I think it, still I think is. it is too. Um, There's a few A24 that are on Netflix yes. and some that are just on it, Amazon. It did Prime. make its
0: way to Netflix recently. Yeah, it's still be on there. But but it, anyway, it's a movie entirely about catharsis. Exactly. Yeah. And so I actually I actually wrote uh, my final essay uh, last fall in my English class. I wrote my final essay on why everyone should see Swiss Army Man, um, and I talked a lot about something that I find um, so good about the story that that movie is telling is um the main character uh Manny or Hank, Hank. is no. talking to his friend Manny who is a dead person <laughs> that is maybe conscious maybe sentient um maybe a Swiss
1: army man right? if you will uh he's, and he's things. he
0: has to explain things about the world to Manny yeah and um the 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 way that he's explaining those things is from the perspective of somebody who is um Really, really, really depressed, yeah, really mentally ill. And uh, essentially, um, the dead person Manny asks what trash is, and Hank describes it as the things that people hide. Hmm. Um, and something else that's beautiful, and something else that is that uh, Hank shows is something that people hide is things I mean, this is gonna sound stupid, but things like farts, yeah, right. People don't want to fart in front of other people because people think you're weird, mm-hmm. right? People think you're gross. Um, and it might sound like a stretch for people who haven't seen it, but I do want to keep it brief. That that uh, allegory extends to people hiding their mental illness and people hiding their depression because they know that other people will probably think that it's gross and yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a a very powerful thing because it's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's,
0: that's the idea. Yeah. Both of those things are equally uncomfortable to have to witness,
1: you know, right. And in in their own way, one of this, I mean, I guess you could approach both from a laughter mindset um, because people feel uncomfortable about mental illness and that's a conversation that's sometimes difficult to have, but um, I don't, don't ever feel uncomfortable for who you are. Uh, Don't hide parts of yourself to appease others because I mean, be polite. Don't fart (laughs) in public. Like just don't just, don't just let one rip in in mire. I just walk away. That's, that's not cool, but right past Mark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We call that in the biz, a call Call back. back. Give me nice. Freaking high five. That was, that was a good one. But the the, the idea idea still
0: is uh, it's still really, really poignant. Yeah. Um, Just, I mean, and that hit me. Really hard. I watched that the first week that I met you guys. Yes.
1: Freshman year of college. Yeah. What a lineup that week. I think it was the raid. It raid one. The, no, it was raid redemption. Raid redemption. Um, Swiss Army Man and Nocturnal, and Nocturnal, Nocturnal Animals. Animals. Bops. Nocturnal Animals just freaking kicked me on my butt. Dude. The, the, all those. Mo- well, yeah, and who? Oh, Ooh. yeah. That's a whole. That's a whole other story. Anyways, um,
0: that's my final film that I think is something that really um, strikes me is that idea of, you know, again, let your freak flag fly. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But not in a way that's, you know, not in a way that you feel like you have to be a freak about it. Yeah. It's those
1: uncomfortable conversations are necessary. Open up to someone if, 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 if you, um, if you need to, don't feel like you're alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as we continue through the episode, um, take a breather, take a second. We need to breathe because, um, it just gets a little heavy you yeah know, these things are, are really close to us because catharsis is when we see ourselves and we respond to it in an emotional way yeah. um that's at base what it's about and it's and, bit... and
0: everybody's got stuff that,
1: yeah that they're going to feel connected to and, and and vulnerability is something that is uh really valuable to know and I as human beings so it's natural that we bring it into the podcast and um if that makes you uncomfortable uh, we are sorry. You signed up
0: for the wrong thing. You signed Ms. up for the, rod
1: po- the wrong podcast, and you should um, just find some more discomfort and vulnerability because it's really, it's really rewarding if you yeah. let yourself, yeah, open up to people. Um, so the next segment, we were going to talk about TV, but uh, the options that I had listed, they, they, they seem like they've already been covered in in our in our film options. But I, I did want to mention one. A show that I'm watching through currently, Um, it was a sitcom on CBS in 2005, and I think ended in around... uh, 2013. 2013. 2014. 2014. Um, You know, kind of doesn't really matter, but it's How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, Noah loves this show. I've seen it, I think,
0: all the way through four times.
1: Yeah, and I'm watching it through for the first time, and I I also really enjoy it. I I finished watching Community this summer uh, and needed a new sitcom to start that was a little bit atypical. Yeah. and uh, Noah recommended Hi I Met Your Mother. Um, because... how, how do you feel? Do you regret it? No, because I am Ted Mosby. <laughs> exactly.
0: We've had this conversation too many times. Yeah.
1: If Bailey is not Ted Mosby
0: and I'm not Marshall Erickson, yeah. I don't know what world we're living We're living in, in a dream world.
1: I, I, I honestly guess. don't know. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting show because it's it's hilarious. Absolutely. often has me rolling, um, but has these really surprising moments of poignancy where you're like, Shoot, (laughs) I feel attacked, you know. I feel like because it's all about finding love in a place where, um, there are so many people and you're often lost and you're in your 20s and your early 30s and you feel lost, and um, yeah, and knowing that time and time again
0: that you're trying and trying and trying, right?
1: You know, and there's nine seasons of this show, and I'm on season six, and I'm like, we've got to get close, we're getting close, right? You're getting close to some big stuff, though, I know, um, but it's just this. I don't know. How does this show speak to you? Because we we talked a lot about how it makes you really really emotional yeah. at different points throughout. The, Absolutely. the show.
0: Um, it when I when I watched it through for the first time, I was convinced that I was Ted Mosby. We're, I think we all kind of are
1: Ted Mosby, right, in our
0: own way. Well, everybody you know? wants to be that person that you know. You are watching it, and you feel like the, you know they get me. Yeah, get me as a person because right. because I want you know I want to find that perfect person. For I want
1: me. to find connection. I want I don't yeah. want to feel like I'm alone in the world. All those different things.
0: Yeah, um, there are just things, um, especially in um, season nine, mm. uh, the closing of the show. Um, there are a couple of things, especially I won't go into it too much because I don't I'm not going to spoil anything for you really. Right. Um, there's a character who um, who has. Uh, a relationship with another character and that person uh is no longer with us and um that what (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not related to the main group okay um it's still touched on obviously right um and but someone in,
1: in in the supporting cast passed away yes okay
0: um and that i mean seeing that um i mean i know i've told you about um just stuff that i've been through and that kind of stuff is really really tough to watch in a way that is i think uh more mature than i was when um that happened to me um and looking at it as a more mature person now is just really really tough yeah um Um, it's tough in a good way yeah you know it, it it punches you but it's not a it's not a mean punch. It's a, you know, get your attention kind of punch.
1: Yeah, it's always difficult when you see people. Um, in, I was talking about Goodwill Hunting, you know, just a little bit ago, and watching Robin perform, I watched Goodwill Hunting um, on what would have been his 69th birthday, mm-hmm. um, because I always want to celebrate it in my own way. He's my favorite performer of all time. Um, it's like you're watching a ghost. Um, and it's really uncomfortable. Like it's a really uncomfortable experience, um, to understand that someone who has touched your life in ways that you really can't explain, um, is no longer with us who provided you joy and comfort, um, and didn't feel that joy and comfort themselves in their lives. Uh, it's, it's, it, um, leaves me without words uh, often. Um, but yeah, that's a very difficult experience. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And in a show that's already kind of chock full with emotions, I'm sure there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's levels to that too. Um, do you want to talk about anything else in the show? Like, no, that's I, okay. I, I, I mean, had an idea to segway a little bit. Go for um, it. You know,
0: I certainly don't want to spoil anything.
1: Right. Else for you. A lot of the key moments of the show that I've noticed are <laughs> kind of bookended by by. Uh, Ah, uh, sound bits of music. Yeah. Um. Not a surf. Uh, inside of love is a really mm. key moment in the first season. Um, uh, two this, weeks. This modern love by uh,
0: block Party. Yeah. I listen to that song aside from the show. Yeah. And it still makes me cry. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's one. Six weeks by Grizzly. Two weeks by Grizzly Bear. Two weeks by Grizzly Bear. That's the one. Um, but music is something that really connects. Uh, to us. Um, yep. And I think when music is used in different mediums like TV or movies, um, it has a way to kind of push that catharsis and that emotional response more. And it's because um, when we hear someone singing to us, uh, when we listen to music, it's it's a deeply personal experience. Yeah. So we're going to talk about just for a little bit um, how we're moved by music. Um, I'm going to talk about how listening to music moves me and Noah will talk about how making music Plug yeah. uh, moves him um, and has liberated him. And I mean I guess I'll talk about oh my gosh. What a burden it is to talk about your music. What Mr. a burden George. it is to be me. No to George on Spotify. Check it out. Anyway, so music that I found emotional liberation in. Um it's a pretty small list. Um I could have said <laughs> probably 30 artists yeah. that have spoken to me throughout the years for different reasons, but these are these are the ones that I think are are principal. I'm gonna start with one and i'm going to get to the the big one at the end yeah um so julian baker singer songwriter um talks about mental health and sexual identity and christianity the church um there's yeah a, the, the capital c church the capital c church there's a, a moment uh and at the end of her first record sprained ankle where she sings this song called go home which is about suicide and essentially just being like Uh, this is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go home where I'm supposed to be um, to my heavenly father, essentially is what what the song is saying, or that's how I take it. Um, And then at the end of the song, after, you know, she says, I want to go home. And it's kind of this like pleading raw scream. I mean, my favorite part about Julian's music is that every song feels like a confessional, feels like you're looking into someone's diary very very yeah yeah and you you, very much a journal yeah and you shouldn't it feels like you really shouldn't be reading it yeah um or listening to it but at the end of that song she says i want to go home but then there's this brief um static um and it's like from an old time radio and it's this uh pastor talking um like a televangelist but on the on the radio so a radio evangelist essentially and um while they're talking about um how our sins essentially put you know, Jesus on was, the cross. This was the verse that we mentioned before. Yeah. We actually, talked about yeah. it. At our I chapter two. Yeah. Where it talks about how we put Jesus on the cross um, because of our sins. Um, and then uh, the piano line from in Christ alone starts <laughs> playing. Uh, and that moment really, really resonates with me because um, there are times when things feel impossible. Um, and there are moments where we feel uh, like there's only one way out and, and there, it's just not true. One, you have people that love you. You have probably a family that supports you. I, I know that I do and Noah does and we have friends around us. But um, if you don't feel like you have anybody, there's always someone to talk to. Um, the liberation you find in Jesus is really hard to speak of because it's so vast and incredible. But to hear that in, in a, a secular song, to hear that, like, uh, in Christ alone, my hope is found. I, I mean, when I first heard it, I, I broke down just because it was... It just, it just speaks to a moment, you know, and you feel like you're alone. So oftentimes you're growing up and throughout your life and you're just not anyway, that's a long tangent about Julian Baker, but it's okay yeah, love, love her. Um, um, would you like to know a fun fact about that song? I would love I mean, to know a fun fact about what a fun song to have a fun fact about. Um, so that, that televangelist
0: passage, that radio thing yeah. that you hear um was actually not supposed to be in the song they recorded the piano through an amp and the amp picked up radio interference and that was what was playing on the radio Uh,
1: that's the thing everything is intentional (laughs) there's um, purpose
0: intelligent design yeah i'd say so Um, i
1: yeah i'd say so anyways
0: Um, continue
1: yeah another band um the 1975, uh, they're pretty popular. I'm sure you've heard of them. Maybe. Um, they have just a few songs that really speak to me and I've really responded to and, and I find myself identifying with. Uh, Frail State of Mind is one. Um, I Like America. America Likes Me for some reason. I mean, I don't know why. It's just like a... It's a weird one. It's a weird song, but like um, like the idea of just like, please listen to me. I just need like someone to listen to me. That yeah. kind, of, kind of idea. Um, I Always Want to Die Sometimes. Just like... The dichotomy of being like <laughs> i love this but also it's so difficult i don't know i just really resonate with their music anyway um just short uh tyson Motzenbacher is a singer songwriter that i recommend um I highly recommend yeah a lot I of his stuff well. i speak to uh, or it speaks to me it's very nostalgic in a way uh sentimental has a lot of ideas about christianity that i really enjoy so the big one the big one that i want to talk about is, is a death cap for cutie so i found this band when i was uh, 13 or 14. And I, I had just become kind of aware of a my man, of, just
0: become a man. Uh, I'm
1: becoming a man. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just become aware of my anxiety. I'm a pretty anxious person. Um, and there are just times when I would feel like I, nobody understood me cause I was 13 or 14 and I was like, <laughs> that's how everybody feels when now they're they're that of course, age, you know, no, you're right. It doesn't matter the upbringing you feel that way. Um, and, I don't know. I feel like their music spoke to me in a way that was super unique. Um, And I felt like these songs were written for me Um, and they, they changed my life and the way that I viewed art Um, because people that don't know me can say things that make sense to me and, Make me feel seen by them. It was just such an, a unique experience. Um, and they're my favorite band of all time and always will be. And I saw them live and it was a tremendously moving experience. Um, watching Transatlanticism, the song performed live, was um, a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> a lot for me to take. Um, so Death Cab have always been one that have really, really stuck out to me uh, and have, I found myself recognizing um, with them a lot of their lyrics, especially the album Transatlanticism. But Um, anyway um, Noah yes uh, let's talk about hi this guy uh, let's talk about your process Uh Um, actually before I say that um, this is gonna be a longer episode we might go a little bit over we might go a little bit over uh, so give us some grace um, but yeah please keep listening with us Um, so Noah yes let's talk about your process and how writing music has been a cathartic experience for you Um, well I've kind of
0: maintained that idea um, and I've never really known how to address it and how to explain it other than saying, um, the songs that I write um, and record and do whatever, right? If I write a song, even if it's just writing, is yeah. um, when that that's how I have to process those things. But then I know that when those things are written about, when they become full songs to me, that's when, that's when they're done affecting me Yeah, um, is when I feel confident that it's been, um, I said, I guess like given justice to, yeah. as far as how important it is to my mind. So or, like
1: you've, you've released it, you've mixed and mastered it and you've added the instrumentation. You feel like after it's released, it's like a cap. Yes. And you're like kind of done processing it. Yeah.
0: And, um, and I would say that, 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 that is true for, um, all of the songs that i write that are about um those difficult things yeah um and like i think the biggest caveat maybe if you want to call it a caveat is my uh first album um that i wrote and recorded uh, and finished my first year uh in
1: college yeah that was a very uh interesting experience and good experience to be able to exist with you as you're processing yeah. these feelings and putting them into song.
0: And I I I can say this confidently because uh I have a hard time believing that this person that I'm talking about listens to the podcast and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um but all seven of the songs on that album were about one person and they kind of needed to be. Yeah. Um and I mean if they weren't then I'd still be I'd still be, you know, worrying about those things i'd still be you know upset about those things and if i was just making them to make them like then that wouldn't have helped and i know that if listeners if you guys have have actually gone and checked out my songs um i know that they're nowhere near perfect they're nowhere near professional quality um they are at a place though where i can say that thing is finished it's done it's where i want it to be i've felt that way with all of my stuff um is that i know that it's not
1: it's not as perfect as it could be. Um, but it. I mean, I hate that idea of perfection because is, any, right. is anything the way that it, I mean, if we worry about how good something could be or the potential good of it, um, we can't do that because it's, it's where you were, yeah. you know, you make something out of where you are. Um, and after you've finished with it, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's where you were in that moment. And that's why I think it's so interesting going back and listening to that seven song record. Um, because, it's where you were in, in, in the fall of 2017. Absolutely. Uh, and in the spring of 2018. Um, but yeah. that moment's over. And that's the thing yeah. is uh,
0: since then, um, not a single one has been about that person. Yeah.
1: It's over now. Yeah. Like it, I'm I'm done processing that. And it's helpful to be in a, a healthy relationship Absolutely. after that. It is. Um, which has been really cool to see you grow into that after, yes. you know, that Big really difficult out. time. Big shout out
0: to the person that i love the most bailey Bailey Yes. (laughs) no rachel big shout out to rachel yeah she's and writing music about rachel too i've always maintained that writing love songs is that's hard it's hard it's hard it's weird that it's hard because you'd think you can just say like i like this person a lot and let me strum a guitar to that but it's
1: the idea of like everything that can be said has been said already absolutely and you want I'm speaking for you, I guess, uh, but I would feel similarly. But you want the things to say, you, you want those things to be unique. Yeah. Because you see things in that person that you don't see in other people. So you don't want every love song to be about Rachel mm-hmm. because she deserves something unique. Right. You know? Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. And
0: that's, Um, I do, I mean, I'm in love with the first song that I wrote about Rachel, uh, Mountains, mm-hmm. I think that's is one. really lyrically unique. It's lyrically exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit moving away from the writing process into or moving away from the the mixing and producing process, right uh, into the writing process and thinking, you know, where does my music come from? That song is, I think indicative of uh, the artists that I listen to um, and took my influence from because they're so vulnerable. yeah, um and that's what I I mean, that that stuff is the kind of stuff that I jam to. yeah. um Julian Baker is sure. a huge influence on um the seven song album yeah um and i would say richard um, edwards
1: too who
0: richard edwards richard edwards richard edwards julian baker paul travis Mm -hmm. the three biggest influences on the way that that seven song album sounds i'd say eden uh, is a huge influence on the lyrics yeah um and then as far as um you know mountains and as far as elizabeth um those are kind of in the vein of Something like Novo Amor, whose yeah. music I listen to when I need, you know, that calming presence. So comforting. Or, yeah, Feels like so a comforting. Yeah. Novo Amor and Alcoa and um,
1: even... Richard Edwards still. yeah, you know well, you know he has so many different songs that are on both sides of the yes, sad and they are. aggressive, but also like I think of the song a Little Dead eyed, which is like one of the most beautiful songs ever. It's so at the same time romantic, mm-hmm. and kind of spiteful. yeah and um, um, I love those qualities. And Corey
0: Kilgannon
1: yeah
0: probably the biggest one, I was gonna say uh, in that vein um, and like working on uh, spoiler. Working on an EP all about one person again, uh, in a in a better way. Yeah, um, is hugely influenced by people like Corey Kilgannon. And
1: when's that dropping, by the way? Which one? Well, part one, I guess. What do you mean? Well, part, you you already released part one, so when's part yeah. two coming out?
0: Oh, that's that's something else. Oh, let's talk oh. about something else.
1: Do I not even know about this yet?
0: No, probably not. Are you for real right now? Yeah, used- that's
1: okay. We'll have a lot to talk about this evening. Lots to talk about. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, yeah,
0: that's kind of and um and then lyrically also for both sides, frightened um, rabbit.
1: Yeah, um, we talked about them briefly, um, while planning the podcast because their music is entirely vulnerable. I mean, uh, Scott Hutchinson, uh, rest in peace, was yeah. such an incredible writer. Um, because he knew how to capture human feelings in all the messy and aggressive in ways, a really
0: graphic way.
1: Yeah, we are human, and uh, you know we share that. We share that, but um, it's so troubling to listen to it now with someone who's lost their life to suicide. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard listen because it's so graphic and it's so unique. Yeah. Um, anyway, Noah, um, I so appreciate you sharing uh, the thoughts with your music. Yeah, if yeah. you have anything else to share, say,
0: yeah, I. Um, all the songs that I write are really, really about something, um, that is crazy important to me and about things that are, um, I think they're really deep. I mean, maybe, maybe that doesn't come through in the lyrics, but I will say for the people listening, um, the one thing I've always wanted is not more people to listen to my music. The one thing I've always wanted is for somebody to ask me what the, what that song is about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so if you see me walking down the hallway, if you see me. Coming out of the bathroom, you see me. <laughs> ask him if he washed his hands. And then ask me what's that song about? What's
1: that I like that song. What's it about? What's that song to about? Well, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> you can ask me later. <laughs> it's my favorite Noah to George song, by the way. Cool. Anyway, Noah, thanks so much for talking about your music. Um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> our guest this week, Noah George, everybody. No, I'm not our, a our guest wanna, four weeks in a row. I come back. <laughs> You'll be here forever. Um, so now concluding our conversation about catharsis, um, it was wonderful to talk to Noah about his music and the things that motivate us in terms of catharsis. We hope that you have found this conversation cathartic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have questions for us or, um, you want to talk, um, if you feel like you're alone, you're not, um, please reach out to someone. If you don't have anybody to reach yeah. out to you, reach out to us. We we're good talk talkers. To you. I hope. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're on the fourth episode of a podcast, I hope we're If good we're talkers. bad at this please tell us <laughs> no if we're bad at this don't tell us just let us have it <laughs> we got a lot cooking um so um speaking of a lot of cooking a lot cooking Noah what have you been reading or watching listening to this week well uh, I went to go
0: see unhinged again <laughs> this dude loves unhinged it's so
1: good it's so much fun I'd like to
0: see it man it's very fun um good let's time see. In the movies I watched unhinged um today we watched uh the devil all the time brand new on netflix uh q toilet sound that movie sucks it's uh, i don't want to i don't want to step on anybody's toes it's not a good movie it's really really boring um yeah that's it yeah it's it's it,
1: um, it, it, it's frustrating because like we don't get new experiences in the theater. We we right. have to wait for Netflix to. And Netflix is like, oh, here's Project Power. Oh, you didn't like that. Oh, here's
0: The Devil. <sighs> here's all the, the time. old guard. And... here's cuties.
1: And some. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> you'll get like winners. Like um, I'm thinking of ending things, but um but even still that movie's not for everybody no it's aggressively not actually yeah it prides itself on not being for anyways, everybody anyways yeah uh last night we watched train to busan that's right it's a great foreign film it's a great zombie film yeah highly recommend oh, your you're good idea bring out the letterbox oh 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 i watched side the hedgehog oh last yeah. week and you loved it i r- liked it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought it was pretty good um I think when you're a fan of Sonic, like Noah, it makes sense why he loves it so much. Um, I particularly- I'm so happy that you loved it, too. <laughs> I am so happy that I pretty liked it, okay. i did uh,
0: tell you that you loved it so much, so to the point where
1: you're like, you I know what? It? Yeah, I did I, love it. I just love it. What well, no, I didn't love was how many freaking product placements are in that movie don't it's funny she goes, she goes i was looking for apartments on zillow and the zillow home screen is just on her laptop for it's like a so oh, second and, a full second and a half olive garden when you hear your family uh, so it's good funny. it's funny it's funny but I, I liked sonic it was it was fun and it was good to experience it with you yeah
0: thank you um Great. i loved it And you loved it, too. What else have you been? Anything Uh, else?
1: So I've been listening to recently uh, Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 record, uh, Emotion. Uh, It's full of 80s bops from top to bottom. (laughs) 80s bops from top to bottom. Well, it's like they're like nostalgic kind of throwback. Full of bop. So, oh boy, no, I've ended up to hear with That's you. A call back. That's a way callback. That's a way callback. We'll talk about my writing process when I write scripts and stuff sometime But uh, something that has been formative in the past couple of weeks, we found this app called Bop Drop, uh, which is essentially like you can share a song every day um, and have people follow you and right, comment it's on your a stuff Social media feed. Yeah, you and I found see. a lot of music from Bop Drop, which has been really cool. Yeah,
0: people post some really cool stuff on there. Yeah. Um, okay, so shout out to Bop Drop. Yeah. Our... Our uh, handles are pretty much the same. I think it's I think anyone, the same. I think it's Bailey J Hunt. Uh, if Bop you want to follow us, uh, big news: our band Stranger James is Woo! actually on Bop Drop too, and it's I think almost confirmed that Stranger the Stranger James account has the most followers on Bop Drop of any account. That's insane. Um, besides to me. besides the official Bop Drop account, which it makes you uh, follow when you create an account, it's, it's
1: insane. True. Um, so if you guys don't have, Bop we're almost at Drop... a thousand. Woo! Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I was yeah. uh, I was. I was on the 600 train. I thought you were still at 600, but you guys like have been rocketing. No, yeah, way every way, day, way. way um. So anyway, yeah, shout out to Bop Drop. Check it out. Um, fun social media platform. And that oh, actually, we're at 1023. Nice. Crossed it today. Feeling Anyways, lonely by Boy Pablo. Yep, that was a bop episode. and a half. Um, I need to post mine. Today. Okay, yeah.
0: Last thing, hey guys, please go check out our song Peppermint coming out. It's out now. You can go listen September 18th, to it, so. share
1: it on your story, tell us what you think. Please engage. If you like it, you'll be able to listen to this episode and then listen to the song, or vice versa, or yeah. you could you could mix it up a little bit. So like ten minutes of this episode, then the song. Yeah, not. ten minutes of this episode, the song and, or not. Um. Anyway, so we've gone over. Um. So we're just gonna call it Noah. Yeah, let's call it. So special shout out to the wonderful Brady Bolden for writing, and composing our theme. Um, and shout out to Silas and Noah to George for kind of Rick re- mixing and remastering this. Yeah. Uh, this new version of our theme for this episode. Uh, and shout out to Stranger James for their wonderful music. Again, I'm your host, Bailey Hunt, and you can find me at Bailey James1215 on Instagram and Bailey J Hunt on Twitter. And I'm your co-host, Noah George. You can find me at Noah underscore
0: to Gorgeous, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow Astrally Conversational Podcast on Instagram to see. All the stuff that we're getting up.
1: yeah yeah we don't we're not super active on them recently but we'll be posting some more stuff yeah um next time we're super pumped for this we'll be having a conversation with our good friend sam engel we'll be talking about masculinity Uh, fragile and toxic masculinity um, and what it means to be a man and how Mm. that idea of being a man has shaped us um, as we have grown up and kind of been contrary to what being a man looks like. Uh, And so we're so excited for that. We hope you guys are too, but in the meantime, be good to one another. Don't take yourselves too seriously. And as always, don't forget to wear a mask. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Please. Yeah, please. We'll see you next time.